good, it's really interesting. Like some loans, some banks they have Islamic no interest loans. And when you look at it, they just change the words. For example, so first thing I would say, you have to look at the, the transaction itself. Try to get it laid out in front of you. Make sure that nobody's doing nothing hidden. For example, um, once you see what it is or when it's laid out, you can make sure. Usually people get tricked when they don't really investigate it. They don't ask, well, how was the transition? How was the loan? How was the transaction? If I buy this, some of the loans or cars, they say the cars, 10,000 if you buy it right now. If you buy it in installments, then it's 15,000. The question is, what, what's the difference? So the price changes and that's something secret going on, something suspicious. The price is one price, is one price. It shouldn't change if I pay monthly or if I pay bi-monthly. It should be the same price. But a lot of times we don't ask for the transaction to be laid out. You know, so that's my first advice. Look at what it is you're trying to buy. Um, see the price of it. How is the transaction going to be? What are you asking? How much of it are you asking? Some of the the cards, they may say uh, interest. If you pay it six months on time, there's no interest. If you fall late, and you have to pay interest. What's the rule on that? That's like if you agree to that, that's all. Like, like if you're not, if there's like no interest, you are too paying. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's no interest, there's no interest. Yeah. But they're given a condition. Uh-huh. You gotta get the fine print. If they say it's interest, but if you pay it six months on time, there's no interest. If you miss a payment, you're agreeing to pay interest. And that's not allowed. What if you know you're not gonna miss it? Did you still agree to it? If you miss it? Then it's still not low. The thing is that um, if it's a Muslim can get out of it. If you say okay, um, if that's their terms, I would say don't agree to that. Because if you fall short, you're agreeing to pay interest. So that's not at all. And your intention will be correct, but you'll be sinful for agreeing to pay. Okay. No, the intention is just part of it. The action itself is the other half. No, a lot of those. Fine prints, you always have to read the fine print. Credit cards get into that too. Credit cards? Almost every credit card is going to have interest. May Allah make it easier. Taib Smidah, Rahman, Rahim, Walhamdulillah. Salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah. Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa man tamasaka bi sunnatihi bi ihsanin ila yumiddin. Amma ba'd. After praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sending the salutations upon the Messenger alayhi salatu wassalam and his fam- uh, upon his family and his, his companions and upon all those who follow upon his guidance and to the establishment of the last day to proceed in Quran Allahumma inna na'udhu bika min ilmin la yinfa' wa min qalbin la yifsha' wa min nafsin la tashba' وَمِنْ دُعَاءَ لَا يُسْمَعْ Verily, Allah, we seek refuge with you from knowledge that has no, no benefit and from a heart that has no fear and from a soul that has no satisfaction nor contentment and from a dua that goes unanswered from a dua that goes unanswered فَنُرَحِبُ بِكُمْ جَمِيعًا إِلَى هَذِهِ لِسِلِسِلَةِ الْعِلْمِيَةِ So we welcome each and every one of you to these series of classes these knowledge-based series of classes بِأَنَّ تَعَلَّمُ مِنْ عِلْمِ الْحَدِيثِ مِنْ عِلْمِ الْحَدِيثِ 
Whereas we're learning from the science of the hadith. We're learning from the science of al hadith. So our hadith class, we have divided into two parts, one day for the new hadith and one day for the review of the previous hadith. So today I believe, Allah is a, uh, our day of muraja'ah. Review is Wednesday. Uh, our brother Sahahani corrected me. فَيَوْمَ الْمُرَاجَعَةِ فِي الْأَرْبِعَةِ وَيَوْمَ الْحِفْرُ فِي الْإِثْنَيْنِ The day of revising and memorization is going to be on Mondays and the day of review is on Wednesdays. فَالْيَوْمَ يَوْمُ أَحَدٍ So today is Monday. صَعِيَةٍ And also, where do we arrive in our new ahadith? In our new ahadith. Hadith number 29. <clears throat> we finished the hadith, it's upon you to hold on to my sunnah. Who's the narrator? And what book is it in? Alaykum bi sunnati wa sunnati al khulafa al-rashidin al-mahdiyin al-hadith It's upon you to hold on to my sunnah and the sunnah of those rightly guided predecessors or khulafa, leaders and imams to come after me. Who's the narrator? Abu Najih al-Urubal ibn Sariya Arsan Wa man akhuja in who collected the hadith? Mutafakun alayhi? La la we mention that some things of the Sunnah are obligatory. Some things of the sunnah are recommended, some things of a sunnah are allowed. Given given us an, as a, an example. What's something from the sunnah that's obligatory? Something that's a sunnah. Are you ugly the Baba Samahta? Shut the door, may Allah Mention something from the sunnah. Fasting. Fasting. Which fast? The two types of three types of fast. Some say two. The obligatory fast is a sunnah and it's also obligatory. I sent. Give us something that's a sunnah that's recommended. It's not obligatory to do. Something the Prophet used to do, alayhi salam, but it's not obligatory. Praying between the Sajdah. Salat, I mean, praying. Huh? Praying? It's during the Salat. Explain praying. I mean, between the Sajdah. When you making make a dua. Making dua. Uh, making dua between the Sajdatain. Uh, when you come up from the Sajdatain to make a dua here in this position. Is it? Some scholars say that's recommended. Yeah, but you can say that. <laughs> 
Give us a sunnah, something that Prophet used to do, but it's allowed. Something that Prophet used to do, but it's allowed. Salatul Duha Mustahab. Praying Duha is highly, highly, highly recommended. In Nahnu Minu Duha, where are we from Salatul Duha, Yahwan? Asalat al Afi wa Salam and Yajalana Mimman wa Yakum. Men man yuqimuna bi salat al-duha. May Allah make us and you from those who observe the duha. Pray, ikhwan. duha We are in need of duha. And I got up to challenge on Facebook. Wa ana udakhilukum fiha inshallah ta'ala idha shittum. I mentioned the challenge online. And perhaps you guys can enter the challenge also. Hadha bayna wa bayna anfusana. It's between ourselves. Between us and ourselves. Before you leave out your house, pray to Rakah. And the first thing you do when you come in your house, pray to Rakah. So we challenge ourselves for 30 days to try to come closer to Allah Ta'ala with this Sunnah. Before you leave out, first thing you do, or the last thing you do before you leave, you pray to Raka'ah, and then you leave. As soon as you go home, the first thing you do is you pray to Sunnah. So this is a challenge I've embarked upon myself. We've asked our social media friends, and now we're asking our masjid, inshallah. Whoever wants to participate, can participate. Is a hadith about you? Hey. Is a hadith the messenger of Allah says, uh, إذا, تس, uh, إذا تصلوا ركعتين يمنعك من أن تخرج على الدار أو كما قال النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام If you pray to raka'ah before you leave, it will protect you from leaving upon harm. وكذلك العكس إذا تصلي ركعتين أول ما تدخل للبيت يمنعك من الدار أو كما قال النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام if you pray to Raka'ah before you come in your home, as you come in your home, then this will protect you from harm. Or as the Messenger of Allah mentions, the hadith is not really about the Quran. No. That's not obligatory, Masih. But if you do it, recommend it. Who can mention something that's one of our sisters, something that's a sunnah that's allowed to do? It's not recommended and it's not obligatory. Something fa'alahu Nabi alayhi salatu salam The Prophet used to do it La yakuna wajiban wa la yakuna mustahabban It's not obligatory and it's not recommended Fasting Thursdays and Mondays, mustahab That's recommended Eating what? Eating food Eating food in general It's allowed Ba'adu ta'ab Kadhi Nabi yufadilu There's some types of food the Prophet used to like That's a sunnah he used to eat those foods. وَكَذَلِكَ كَانَ نَبِيَ عَلَيْهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ فَعَلَى شَيْئًا غَرِيبًا Accent. The Prophet used to do something strange. If you look at it, it looks strange. يَا نَبِيَ Why are you doing that? عَلَيْهِ سَلَامُ بَعَدْ أَقَبَلَ الْفَجَرِ بَعَدْ أَنْ يُصَلِي رَكَعَتَيْهِ الْفَجَرِ Before the obligatory prayer, after the two raka'ah of the fajr. What did the Prophet used to do? Something strange, Yaqwa. He used to lie down. وَكَانْ يَسْتَلْقِ عَلَى ظَهْرِهِ الْأَيْمَنِ عَلَى ظَهْرِهِ الْأَيْمَنِ And he would lie down on his right side. هَذَا لَيْسَ وَاجِبًا 
That's not obligatory to do. It's not recommended to do. You don't get a reward if you just generally just pray a sunan and then lie down. But it can be recommended. It, you can get a reward for Man yashrah, who explains? Generally, I don't study rakatin right now. We pray in the morning two rakatin, and then we just lay down. You don't get a reward for that, but you could get a reward for it. Yeah. If you make your intention, you make your intention. One of our sisters, she's covered, mashallah, because she's cold. So she wears the Islamic hijab. And she fits on her khimar. Because she's cold. She doesn't have any heat in our house. She's cold. So she says, I'm just going to put on my Islamic garments. She doesn't get a reward for that. But she could get a reward for it. How can she get a reward? Her intention. But Adam and Jamali had the deen. That's from the beauty of this religion. You brothers that go work out, you sisters that do jump rope, mashallah, for working out, that's a lot. But you could get a reward for it. You can get a reward for it. If you have an intention. Where do we arrive here, Juan? Hadith 29. We didn't read it aloud yet. Anybody memorize this hadith so far? Hadith Mu'ad? Niswah, mashallah, accent. Any of our sisters memorize 29 hadith? Shaykh Zayt, do you need a taqra? Would you like to recite? Anyone else, Yahwan? Anyone else began to memorize the likes of this hadith? Any of our sisters would like to recite?
ما شاء الله أحسنتي أحسنتي جميلا May Allah bless you وجميعكم من all of you وثانيا our second sister حفظتي أنتي Did you memorize? Would you like to recite? لا بس لا بس طيب هذا الحديث الليلة This is tonight's حديث يا إخوان طيب نبدأ إن شاء الله تعالى قليلا Let's recite the hadith together, ya khuan. Aqulluhu antum taqulunuhu ba'di. Idhini. I'll say it, you say it after. I'll say it, you say it. One of our sisters on Telegram had their hand up. So is that. Sheikh Myra, assalamu alaikum. Kevanti ya Sheikh. Om Ibrahim, would you like to recite? Anybody on the Telegram? Would you like to recite? May Allah bless you. طيب أصيد يصير أصيد يصير عن معاذ بن جبل رضي الله عنه قال عن معاذ بن جبل رضي الله عنه قال قلت يا رسول الله أخبرني بعمل يدخلني الجنة ويباعدني من النار قال قد سألت عن عظيم وإنه ليصير على من يصرف الله تعالى عليه تعبد الله ولا تشرك به شيئا وتقيم الصلاة وتؤتي الزكاة وتؤتي الزكاة وتصوم رمضان وتحج البيت ثم قال ألا أدلك على أبواب الخير الصوم جنة وصدقة تطفئ الخطيئة كما يطفئ الماء النار وصلاة الرجل في جوف الليل ثم تلا تتجافى جنوبهم عن المضاجع حتى بلغ يعملون الآية صورة السجدة ثم قال ألا أخبرك برأس الأمر وعموده وذروة سنامه قلت بلى يا رسول الله قال رأس الأمر الإسلام وعموده الصلاة وذروة السنامه الجهاد ثم قال ألا أخبرك بملاك ذلك كله قلت بلى يا رسول الله فأخذ بلسانه وقال كف عليك هذا قلت يا نبي الله وإنا لمؤاخذون بما نتكلم به فقال 
فكلتك أمك يا معاذ وهل يكب الناس في النار طيب عندكم يا إخوان الناس أو ناسا 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 وهل يكب الناس في النار على وجوههم أو قال على منافرهم إلا حصائدهم طيب وهل يكب الناس في النار على وجوههم أو قال على مناخيرهم إلا حصائد ألسنتهم رواه الترمذي وقال حديث حسن صحيح هذا حديث عظيم يا إخوان كبير النفع this hadith is tremendous like the remaining ahadith that's a great amount of benefit in the hadith awalan huwa inda al-imam al-tirmidhi fi sunan first of all is collected by al-imam al-tirmidhi in his sunan man qala hadha an al-tirmidhi who said this about tirmidhi istafadtu minhu akthar mimma istafadha minni i benefited from him more than he benefited from me who said that about al-tirmidhi i benefited from him more and he benefited from me. One of his teachers, that's correct. One of his teachers. Menhu. Which one? One of his greatest teachers. Al-Bukhari. I sent. This, this statement is tremendous, eh, khans? الطالب يستفيد من المدرس هذا المدرس يقول مثل هذا القول عن ماذا الطالب usually the affair is the opposite the student benefits more from the teacher not the opposite so that statement alone is beautiful لكن أجمل من هذا مصدر هذا القول more beautiful than that is the one that's saying it the statement is beautiful but look who's saying it هو من البخاري is from Imam Al-Bukhari Al-Bukhari هو لا يحتاج إلى تعريف نقول بخاري وكل عالم يعلمون من المقصود Bukhari is one of those scholars you don't even have to say his whole name just say Bukhari and the whole world knows who you're talking about Africa, Saudi, Somalia, Pakistan, Yemen, India, America, every country knows who you're talking about. طيب وكذلك يدل على رفعة الترمذي في نظر البخاري. It also shows the high estimation that Tirmidhi had in the sight of Bukhari. In the sight of Bukhari. Tirmidhi مثل البخاري. لعل البخاري أعلم من الترمذي حفظا لكن الله أعلم. الله أعلم. قد يكون الترمذي أعلم من البخاري حفظا. Bukhari perhaps is more memorized than Tirmidhi, perhaps. But only Allah knows. Tirmidhi is just as tremendous in memorization. كان Tirmidhi رحمه الله تعالى أراد أن يقرأ حديثا على شيخ ما. There was a time, I forget the shaykh at this moment, ya khuan, that Tirmidhi wanted to recite some hadith upon the shaykh. فرحل إليه. So he went to the shaykh. وترك مجلديه. But he forgot the two volumes that he wrote the hadith. 
He wrote two volumes of hadith. So he went to recite on the Shaykh wa Nasiya al Mujalladin, and he forgot the two volumes. فَأَخْبَرَ الشَّيْخِ أَنَّ أَرَدْتُ أَنْ أَقْرَأَ عَلَيْكَ لَكِنَّ نَسِيتُ فِي الْبَيْتِ الْمُجَلَّدِينَ Dear Shaykh, I wanted to recite these hadith upon you, but I forgot the two volumes. فَقَالَ الشَّيْخِ بِمَعْنَى الْكَلَامِ إِنْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ بِوَقْتٍ آخَرٍ So the Shaykh says the meaning of his speech another time, no problem. فَقَالَ تِرْمَذِي لَا أَقْرَأُ مِنْ حِفْظِي Tirmidhi says, لَا 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 I'm going to recite from my memory. ماذا حفظ من مجلدين تماما and as the student they mentioned he memorized those two volumes of hadith hadithan hadithan hadith one hadith after the next hadith after the next hadith now that we may recite the hadith today يذكرون حديثاً بالسند they will mention the hadith with the chain not like today we say عن معاذ بن جبر رضي الله عنه هذا السند منقطع في حقيقة الأمر in reality how we memorize today the chain is broken we're away from Tirmidhi and we say Mu'adh ibn Jabal said this chain is broken in reality how we narrate today the people of the past didn't narrate like that they would recite this hadith in the Tirmidhi he would say قال حدثنا أبو بكر بن أبي شيبة قال حدثنا محمد المثنى قال حدثنا every hadith he's going to recite the chain so it's not like today so the memories of the past are different than today the greatest scholar of today is min ilmi and the salaf. The greatest scholar, you mentioned the greatest scholar. One of my favorite scholars I've learned about from Africa, the big sheikh, the son of the big sheikh, Muhammad ibn Ali ibn Adam, in Ethiopia, Rahimahullah ta'ala. Memorized almost every hadith book out, our sheikh in Yemen, the young sheikh, Muhammad ibn Hizam. In the time of the salaf, they were small students of knowledge. Today they're major scholars. In the time of the Imams of the past, they would carry their bags, for example. At any rate, so this shows the status of At-Tirmidhi. Bukhari says, I, the teacher Bukhari, benefited more from him than he benefited from me. So on the authority of Mu'ad ibn Jabal, May Allah be pleased with him. The Messenger Allah. He said, I said, O Messenger of Allah, First and foremost, look at the question. O Messenger of Allah, inform me, tell me something. Amalin. Give me an action, O Messenger of Allah. That you If I do it, will enter me into the jannah, and and it will make me far away from the hellfire. First benefit, or benefit number two. First benefit, the status of a tirmidhi. Benefit number two. This shows. The, the elevated questions that the companions used to ask the Messenger of Allah. The tremendous questions that they used to ask the Messenger of Allah. Not like most of our questions today. Ya Shaykh, the sister going to say, Hey, Ya Akhi, عندما أنا أغطو على أضفاري 
She's going to ask questions like, Oh teacher, such and such, when I pick finger and polish on my nails, can I make wudu after that or the likes? It has benefit, but not like the questions they used to ask the Messenger Most of our questions they ask, what? لا يدخلنا الجنة Do not enter us into the Jannah Nor do they distance us from the hellfire Our questions are usually beneficial, yes But not a lot of benefit Their brother's going to say, hey, is it okay if I trim my beard? And he doesn't even have a beard <laughs> That happens كثير I met a brother at one of the masajid here in Kansas City And their brother says, hey, I like how you wear your scarf, mashallah can you, teach me? Can you teach me how to wear that? I said, inshallah, where's your scarf? He said, no, I don't wear them. I just want to know, can you teach me how to wear them? I said, yeah, please. What kind of, what's the benefit of this? First, we have to get a scarf, number one. Then we have to wear them, number two. And then we can show you. I just put it on my head and bismillah. That's it. May Allah bless. Some of our questions are not that beneficial. And most of our questions are about one another. Hey, Ya Shaykh, my wife did this. What do you say about that? Hey, hey, Ya Shaykh, my husband did this. What do you say about that? That's most of our questions. And they're always after we did it. Hey, I did this. Am I, was that haram for me to do? No, we should ask that before we do the action. May Allah bless. Benefit number two. The high level of the questions of the companions of the Messenger The Messenger of Allah says, Surely you had asked about something tremendous, and verily it is easy for the one Allah makes it easy for. Benefit number three. Al-ilmu sahlun. Knowledge is easy. Al-ilmu sahlun. Knowledge is easy. Liman sahalahullahu ta'ala alayhi. For the one that Allah makes it easy for. So I want you to write. Benefit number three. Al-ilmu sahlun. Knowledge is easy. Some of our sisters, mashallah, they can memorize the whole page in Quran in 20 minutes. I'm still writing it five times in 20 minutes. MashaAllah. She's done. Most of our brothers, alhamdulillah, in a half hour, he's memorized the whole page already. That's easy for him. Why is it easy for him? Because Allah made it easy for him. Knowledge is easy. For the one, Allah made it easy for. There's some brothers, it's difficult. One of my closest companions, Rahimahullah, may Allah mercy upon him, our beloved brother, Shaykh Khalid Muhammad al-Amriki. One of the nicest brothers you're ever going to meet. He passed away recently, may Allah mercy upon him. He used to love knowledge. Allahu Akbar. لا يرى إلا لابسا كتابا He was he was not seen unless he had a book. Every time you saw me, we have a book. I don't care where you see him at. In the grocery store, driving, walking, it doesn't matter. He's going to have a book. 
He may not be reading the book. That's another story. <laughs> but he's going to have the book. Alhamdulillah. He had a tremendous love for learning. One of the first brothers I ever met, every time he would depart, he would say, Kabla takhruj, a'tini fa'idah. He would say, before you leave, ya akhi, give me a benefit. Even one word. Whatever, give me a benefit. And that's tremendous, ikhwan, that you have brothers and sisters that are like that. I recommend you, brothers and sisters, especially our sisters, before you part ways, hey, amatullah, a'tini fa'idah, give me a benefit. She says, al-wudu sharatun as-salah. Wudu is a condition for the prayer. Shukran. Have a good night. May Allah bless you. It unites the hearts. It also revises and refreshes the knowledge. It revises and refreshes the knowledge. Either he's going to give you something Either he's going to give you some new knowledge that you don't know. Or he's going to give you something you already knew. And I'll give you a benefit. You shouldn't say, Oh, I already knew that, ya khi. You shouldn't say that. It's allowed to say that. شخص يذكرك بحديث وتقول آه الحمد لله قرأت هذا قبله That's allowed Someone gives you a hadith and you say آه شكرا يا أخي I already learned that hadith before You can say that But it's better not to It's better not to Embarrassed, you know? Yeah, it's not from good manners It's better to act like you've never heard it One of our teachers, she comes and she gives her sister friend a benefit Hey, it's a sunnah to do this and this and this She knows that already but she says, oh, barakallahu fiki, mashallah. Watch what that does to her. The one that gave the minute. She's going to smile. She's going to be happy. Make dua for her. These are things that unite the hearts also. We don't always have to be so mad at one another. This is like, it's hidayah also. And also guidance. Yeah. May Allah bless you. It's from good manners also, yaqwan. Sometimes we forget that Islam is a dinu al-akhlaq. A religion of manners. A religion of good conduct and manners. طيب فقال إنه ليسير على من يسره الله تعالى عليه. He said, and verily it is easy for the one Allah has made it easy for. What was our third benefit? من كتبها who wrote it? فضل. Sense knowledge is easy. Don't stop there. It's only easy if Allah makes it easy. قال تعبد الله. He says, worship Allah and do not describe partners with the Lord anything. This is a reply to what question? What was the question again? Who's paying attention? What did Mu'ad ask him? One of our sisters, what was the question? I said, tell me an action or message of Allah that if I do it, will enter me into the Jannah. And keep me far away from the hellfire. Look at the reply of the Messenger of Allah. First and foremost, Ta'budullah. At-Tawheed. Worship Allah. And do not ascribe partners with Allah. Hada yu'alimuna ahamiyata At-Tawheed. This teaches us the importance of At-Tawheed. Aladhi yuridu ad-dukhula ila jannah labudda min al-ibadah. Ay, an ya'budullah ta'ala ala at-Tawheed. The one who wants to enter to the jannah. That's all of us, Ikhwan. It's upon us to worship Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the benefit number four we're going to write. The virtues of At-Tawheed. The virtues of At-Tawheed.
لا تشركوا به شيئا and do not ascribe partners with him in anything خامسة benefit number five خاطروا الشرك خاطروا الشرك the danger and the harm of shirk the danger and the harm of shirk سادسة benefit number six معنى العبادة what is the meaning of worship العلماء يختلفون من المتقدمين والمتأخرين إلى عدة تعريفات there are many meanings of worship the scholars of the past have differed and they have given definitions and the scholars that came after them have given definitions من أحسنها والأجملها تعريف ابن تيمية from the most beautiful of definitions of worship is what Imam Ibn Taymiyyah used to say قال العبادة اسم جامع لكل ما يحبه الله ويرضاه من الأعمال والأقوال الظاهرة والباطنة Ibn Taymiyyah used to say worship is a comprehensive noun that includes everything Allah loves and is pleased with from statements and actions that which is hidden and apparent this is from the most beautiful definitions it's a, de a comprehensive noun that includes everything Allah loves and everything Allah is pleased with from speech and actions that which is inward and outward we can benefit from this definition some benefits also from the benefits of this, this definition number one is that Allah loves Allah loves how is Allah's love mercy? in a manner that befits his majesty how does Allah love in a manner that befits his majesty another benefit of this meaning Another benefit of this definition, whatever the action is, if it's not pleasing to Allah, if Allah does not love it, you do not call it worship. If Allah does not love the thing, or if Allah is not pleased with the thing, you cannot call it worship. You will not call sin worship. You will not call something hated by Allah worship. La. Al ibadatu kama qala Ibn Taymiyyah huna wa hadha min ahsani ta'rifat. Worship is just as Ibn Taymiyyah said here. This from the best definition. There are other definitions, but this is one of the best. A comprehensive noun that includes everything Allah loves and is pleased with. From statements and actions, those statements and actions that are inward, and those statements and actions that are our what number we're on the other one? Sabi'a, benefit number seven. Eight. Definition. Ismun jami'un. We'll give you this for homework. I want you to write it ten times. Ismun jami'un. Ismun jami'un. A comprehensive noun. Ismun jami'un. Uh, لما يحبه الله 
ويرضى لما يحبه الله ويرضى that encompasses everything Allah loves and is pleased with لما يحبه الله ويرضى من الأقوال from statements والأعمال and actions الظاهرة والباقنة that which is apparent and that which is hidden a comprehensive noun that includes everything Allah loves and is pleased with from speech and actions that which is apparent and that which is hidden it doesn't matter if it's apparent or hidden it doesn't matter if Allah loves it is worship if Allah is pleased with it it is worship who can repeat your point? Our sister, Tfadali. Uh, raise your voice slightly. وَيَرْضَى مِنَ الْأَقْوَالِ وَالْأَعْمَالِ الظَّاهِرَةِ وَالْبَاطِنَةِ الظَّاهِرَةِ وَالْبَاطِنَةِ Number seven was Khatiru al Shirk, the danger of Shirk. That was number five. Number six was what? The definition of worship. Yeah. What was number seven? We don't have We're on seven now. Ta'arifu al Shirk, the meaning of Shirk. Number seven Ta'arifu al Shirk. Ta'arifu al-shirk, the meaning of shirk. Naqool, ibadatu ghayrillahi ma'allah. Kurtikum ta'arifain. I'm going to give you two meanings, two definitions. First definition you're going to write, ibadatu ghayrillahi ma'allah. Ibadatu ghayrillahi ma'allah. To worship other than Allah along with Allah. To worship other than Allah along with Allah. Ibadatu ghayrillahi ma'allah. Ibadatu ghayrillahi ma'allah. To worship other than Allah along with Allah. That's the first definition. Ibadatu ghayrillah. Ma'allah. He worships Allah from one angle, but he also worships other than Allah. My ummi is like that. Allah yahdiha wa iyana. May Allah guide her and all of us. Yawman ta'bud Allah. Yawmathani ta'bud Isa. One day she's going to say, Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillah. Monday comes, she's going to say, Isa Akbar. Man, I, was I remember one day we were walking. My mom always finds money. One day I said, you should be rich, Ummi. You always find the money. Five dollars, a dollar, 25 cents, whatever. So we're walking somewhere. And she said, hey! She always said, hey! And she grabbed the money. She says, Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillah. Allah. You remember Allah. When it's money, you remember Allah. Alhamdulillah. 
She found the money, $5. She said, Allahu Akbar. Something else happened. She says, thank you, Jesus. You say, why'd you change? Why'd you call upon Allah when it was the money and now you call upon Jesus? What did Jesus have to do about that? How did he help you then? What did he do? She couldn't answer. He didn't do anything here, alayhi salam. You should have said Allahu Akbar again, like you did the other day. That was from Allah. But she's close here, Khwan. She takes one step forward and one step back. Allah Hidayah. Guidance is from the hand of Allah. May Allah One day, inshallah, we hope that she says, Aslamtu. Ashadu an la ilaha Allah, ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. La'ali amutu fi dalika Allah. Perhaps that day, I will, I will pass away that day out of happiness. You see, mother, ya khwan, I tell you all the time, ya khwan, aba'akum minal muslimin, umahatukum wa aba'akum minal muslimin, hadha ibaa, hadha ni'matun azimatun, alaykum an tuqabiluhum, ala ra'sihim, hadha min fadillahi alaykum. I mentioned many times, ya khwan, your brothers and sisters are from Muslim families. Alhamdulillah. You have a blessing that many of us, we crave to have. You can go home and see your Ummi as a Muslim and your Abi as a Muslim. My father's Muslim, Alhamdulillah. But Ummi, she's still not Christian. That's a blessing. You should kiss your parents and your and hug them tight. And don't ever raise your voice to your parents. Ever. That can enter into the hellfire. Whatever Ummi asks, you say, Adir. Shukran Ummi, la laysa mushkila. Don't ever raise your voice on your, especially your mother. Not your father either, but especially upon your mother. Whatever she asks, enter for salah and nafila. You're in the voluntary salah and you're praying to Allah. And your mother calls you. And you should leave the prayer and go to your mother. The right of the mother, has, she has more right than your voluntary prayer. Your mother has more right than your voluntary prayer. If you're praying an obligatory prayer, that's something different. Don't go to her until you finish your salah. But if you're praying, you're sunning, you go in the house and you're praying two raka'ah, and then Ummi calls you, Amatullah, especially she says, Come right now and leave your salah. If you have some time, and you feel like, well, if I get there after these two raka'ah, it's okay, then that's fine. But she says, come right now, then you come right now. Same thing with Abby, but especially Ummi. The right of the parents, there's no greater right here. Some scholars say the husband has more right than the parents. That's one of the position. لكن الراجح الثاني الأمهات والآباء والأبوان ثم الزوج The second opinion is the strongest and Allah knows best. Your parents are number one. Your mother, then your father. And then if you're married, then your, your husband. Nobody has more right than your parents. Your husband commands you with something, and your mother commands you with something. What do you do? Ah, before that. Your mother commands you with something, your husband commands you with something. Before you go right to one of them, there's something you can try to do. Hey, if you can do both, do both. Suppose they don't contradict each other. Umi says, hey, I want you to go to the Somali mall and give me that nice bread that you like. Get a pound of it. Your husband says, hey, 
go to Wawa and give me some orange juice. That doesn't contradict. I go to the Somali mall, I get that nice bread, I come two blocks away, I go to Wawa. They don't have Wawa here, that's in Jersey. Wawa's like, you guys have, um, what's the store y'all have? QT. That's like our Wawa. Cutie. Y'all have QT, we have Wawa. So then I go around the block and I go to QT, I get me some orange juice. If you can make the jammer, make the jammer. If you can make the harmonization of the two statements, do them both. Only time you have to do one of them is if they contradict. Umi says, you can stay out tonight. Your husband says, no, you stay in tonight. They contradict. This is your fiqh. When is the woman not sinful if she disobeys the husband? The husband says, I don't want you to go outside today. She goes outside. She goes to the sister's function. They have a henna party. MashaAllah. She leaves out. Is she sinful yet? Who knows? The husband says, don't go out today. She leaves anyway. Like most of our women. Forget that. I'm out of here. You don't own me. I'm not just servant. They got a lot of afraid. I don't know where they get. I blame TikTok. I blame feminist movements. I blame all of this stuff. Yeah, Quran. Our women used to be, mashallah, alhamdulillah, hadir, samirna wa ta'na, all these beautiful phrases. Now, when I was is she sinful yet? One of our sisters. The husband says, stay in. She goes out anyway. Is she sinful yet? Our sister says, yes. You guys agree? One madhab? You guys all shafiri yet? It depends on who's over her. What does that mean? If the husband If the husband is over her completely, what does it mean over your wife completely? He gives her food, drink, clothing, and shelter. These are the obligations. Everything else is recommended or allowed. One sister says she has to give me an iPad, she has to buy me a car, he has to do this and this and this, all that's extra. If he does it, alhamdulillah. If he doesn't do it, alhamdulillah. It's not on you to do that. The obligation is you gotta give her food and drink and clothing and shelter. If the man does this, then he has the right to say to the woman when to come and when to go. He says, come in by Maghrib. That's a sunnah. She says, la. And she leaves out. That's disobedience. But just suppose she's under her parents. She's married. And sometimes the young, the young kids, when they get married, they may not have a lot of money. He may not, can't pay a rent. She may not be working. So the parents say, okay, the mother says, okay, you live with me, and he lives with his parents. You guys can get married. I would say let them get married. Somebody may not agree with me, and that's okay. I say that because we live in America. It's hard to be a, a teenager here in America. It's hard in general, especially in America. She goes to college. I say every Muslim, you should get married before you go to college. It's a lot of tests, a lot of trials, a lot of sin that are there. Especially if you're going to, I would say don't live on campus at all. You go to study and you run away from there. You go to study and you run away. Really run, run away. It's a lot of evil there, Juan. Once you go to one party, that's it. One time, that's all it takes. So you try your best.
stay away from all those issues. You go to school to learn. So now she's living with her parents. And the husband says, come in by Maghrib. Her mother says, you can come in after, uh, at Isha. If her mother is uh, spending on her, giving her shelter, giving her food, giving her drink, then she's not disobedient here. And that's the fatah of many of the Imams from them, Shaykh Ibn Abbas. If the man is over her completely, he gets all of his rights. The man gets his rights when he gives her rights, his rights. Same thing with a woman. She gets all of her rights when she gives all of her rights, for example. The woman is almost a captive, in loose English translation. Almost, she's not a servant, no. But she gives almost all of herself to the man. So for this reason, you ever think, why is the man giving the woman a gift? Why didn't she give me a gift? Why? Why do I have to give her something? I'm a man, she's a woman. What's, why? Why can't we both give somebody something? Because she, her gift to you is her. The woman almost gives the man almost all of her. Almost. So for this reason, the man, he gives her a gift. Not like in the Muslim country, not like in Yemen, not like in Saudi not like in Africa, where the father comes and says, hey, you want to marry my daughter? Yes. Where country are you from? I have a blue passport. $10,000. $20,000. No, not like that. And then the man, the father, keeps all the money. That happens a lot, yeah. To this day, that girl gets none of that. Or half of that. That's her right. She gets all of it. If she wants to give you some sadaqah abi, she can do so. If not, you don't have the right to take her maha. So this is why she doesn't give you anything. She's giving you way more than you can give her. She's giving you almost all of her. So you give her food, you give her drink, you give her shelter. This doesn't mean every time you eat, you have to feed her. This doesn't mean every time you buy a garment, you have to buy her a garment. It doesn't mean that. That will be excessive here. Generally, you feed her as you feed yourself. You give her drink as you drink yourself. You give her clothing as you clothe yourself. No. Anyone have anything to mention? Somebody had their hand in the back? One of our sisters? Yeah, that's... Is there any evidence on both sides? The evidence that the scholars they use is the ayah, Surah Nisa, Nisa, that the men are the maintainers and providers of the women. If you stop there, it looks like it's not like those scholars they say. If you finish the verse, was ayah No. Uh, based upon how Allah favors some over others and what they spin out of their wealth. So many of the ulama they mention here, Allah is saying that the men are the maintainers and the providers over the women, yes. But they get their rights, as Allah says, when they spin from their wealth, meaning giving the women their food and their drink and their clothing and their shelter. That's when they had that of some of the scholars. Allah know. At any rate, we're not telling the women to disobey their husbands. We're not saying that. But there's sometimes that you're not sinful. In Ramadan, this happens. Many of the youth in Ramadan, the man commands his wife to break her fast so they can have relations. Especially if he's young, he doesn't have any control. That happens in Ikhwan. 
There was a brother years ago, nice brother. He didn't have no control. He said, why you don't go home, Yaki? He said, I'm a young man, just got married. If I go home, I'm break my past. <laughs> he said, okay, stay in the message, Yaki, man, I'm just. Some people don't have no control, yeah, for Alhamdulillah, that happens. At any rate, he commands his wife, hey, you have to obey me. That's why we tell the women, learn your religion. Because if you don't know, anybody can come and mention an hadith out of context. Anybody can come and mention an ayah out of context. And he's a man, he's stronger than you, he may scream louder than you, and he may say, hey, I'm over you, I'm held accountable for you. And she says, hey, that's right, that is right. She doesn't know he's using it out of context here. You have to obey me. If I want to enjoy you, I know we're fasting, we can make it up. Allah's kareem, Allah's merciful. That's true, they can make it up. Allah's merciful, Allah's kareem. But if she, if she obeys you here, that's haram. What about his fast? He, he violated his fast also. So he has to make that expiation, and so does she. Some scholars say only the man has to. That's opinion. Some scholars say only the man. This came in the hadith of the Messenger There was a man, he broke his fast with his wife. And the Prophet said, do you have the ability? Can you, can you, can you? He didn't say anything about the wife. But some scholars say, see, the wife wasn't mentioned. Other scholars say, no, she wasn't mentioned, but it's implied, whoever did the action. Whoever did the action. So the expiation, the kafara, is upon the man and the woman. But if he forced her to do that, she's not sinful, for example. But if a woman doesn't know her religion, you can always come to someone ignorant and say, hey, turn to the kibbutz this way. He doesn't know, okay, shukran. And he obeys him, or obeys her. It happens many times, yeah. The husband comes and says, hey, do this. It's allowed to break your fast. What's your proof? I'm the proof. You don't trust me? Beware of that phrase. You don't trust me? Somebody said, you don't trust me? Most likely they're, what they're speaking is falsehood. Islam is not about, about trust. Islam is not based upon trust. Ever. So at any rate, so the sin will be upon both of them. In Allah Ta'ala wa Adam. In Allah the Most High knows this. One definition of shirk. To worship other than Allah with Allah. Afani, second definition, to worship other than Allah. We have two. Some scholars say it means. That you worship Allah and you worship something or someone else along with Allah. That's the first definition. Second definition, to worship other than Allah is shirk. So they differ. We have two different definitions from the scholars of Islam. Then the Prophet said, and you establish the salah. Fihi fadlu salah. Benefit number eight, the virtues of prayer. As salatu idra abdu yusalli wa yatawafa shurut as salah, wajibat as salah, warkana salah. Hadi salah to the khiruhu al jannah. To the khiruhu al jannah. The prayer, if the person prays, Following or fulfilling all the conditions 
fulfilling the obligations, fulfilling the pillars. This prayer can enter him into the Jannah. As the Prophet said, وَتُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ And establish the Salah. Meaning, establish the Salah, the correct Salah, with the conditions, the obligations, the pillars, with the intentions for Allah Ta'ala, follow the Sunnah of the Messenger the Salah can enter you into the Jannah. And that you give the zakah. This is for the one that the zakah is obligatory upon. Number nine, you're going to write The virtues of the zakah. The zakah. Forgives your sins. The zakah can enter the person of the zakah into the jannah. Al Ashira number 10. Ramadan. And that you fast the month of Ramadan. Al Ashira number 10. Ramadan. The virtues of fasting Ramadan. The virtues of fasting. Ramadan. Only one more benefit. Hadi Ashar, benefit number 11. Al Siyamu Yankasimu Ila Thalatati Aksam. Al Siyamu Yankasimu Ila Thalatati Aksam. Fasting is of three categories. There are three types of fast. Laysa Kulla Sawmin Sawah. Laysa Kulla Sawmin Sawah. Not every fast is the same. Not every fast is the same. So benefit number 11, I want you to write. There are three types of fasting. Three types of fasting. Some scholars say two. Some scholars say two. Type number one. Al-Siyamu the obligatory fast. The obligatory fast. Ramadan. And the obligatory fast is the fast of Ramadan. The fast of Ramadan. Wathani the second type of fast, the voluntary fast. The voluntary fast. The voluntary fast. Third type of fast, and we'll stop here. The fast of a vow or an oath. The fast of a vow, a promise. The sister says, Oh Allah, you bless me with a new car. I'm going to fast for the next six months. And then, 
تستيقظ وتجد أن الله تعالى من عليها في سيارة جديدة and then she wakes up and she finds Allah blessed her with a new car Allahu Akbar now fasting becomes obligatory upon her for six months so the fast of a vow, a promise, an oath it wasn't obligatory before that now asbaha wajiban now becomes obligatory so with this reason many scholars say it's better not to do that don't enter yourself into a promise with Allah a covenant with Allah like that if you're going to fast then just fast don't say oh Allah if you do this I'll do that that's hated to do oh Allah you bless me with a new job every ithnayn and khamis I'm going to fast for the rest of my life now fasting Mondays and Thursdays become obligatory upon him for the rest of his life he has to do so it's better if you're going to fast it fast it but don't into yourself into a covenant like that with Allah. So we stop at Watahujul Bayt. This is the hadith that is memorized. Inshallah Ta'ala, Wednesday, you all come back, memorize this hadith. May Allah bless you all, your ikhwan. If anyone has anything to mention, they can do so. If not, we'll stop there. Father Sheikh Zayd. I was going to ask, um, what's the. It's kind of off topic, but what's the? Yeah, I, I had like not 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 an argument, not an argument, but like a, mm. a, a debate with someone. Mm. What's the best place to place your hands? The best place to place your hands. طيب في الحديث يا إخوان ما ذكر النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام المكان بالضبط. If you look at the hadith of the Messenger عليه الصلاة والسلام, he didn't mention the precise, accurate place on your chest. He didn't say on your, your chest cavity. He didn't say an inch above your surra, your surra, your navel. He didn't say an inch below your navel. He didn't say four inches above. He didn't say. So, this reason you find many of the scholars they differ. In the Hadith of Bukhari, chest is not mentioned. It says you're right upon your left. The word chest is not there in the Hadith of Bukhari. However, there are some narrations that say chest. Imam Ahmed says the chest or a little above the navel, for example. Some scholars say this is your button, your stomach. Some scholars say all between your surah and your shoulder is your chest. It's your chest. So some people on their stomach, some scholars say no, that's his chest too. So they're different there. Some say no, that's the stomach, that's not the chest. So they're different. At any rate, if you look at the hadith, hadith Sahli bin Sa'd al-Sa'idi, that's in Bukhari. Kana rajulu kana yu'mar rajul an yadu'a yadahu al-yumna ala yusra fi salah The hadith is in Bukhari. Chess is not mentioned. The man was commanded to place his right over his left in the salah. Hadith is in Bukhari in the book of salah. Hadith Sahli bin Sa'd al-Sa'idi. Also, it's collected by Imam Malik and Muwatta. Tayyip. At any rate, there are a few hadith that mention al-sadr that to place your right on your left on your chest طيب, but where on the chest? the chest is a body part where exactly? you're not really going to find no narration that has مضبوطن, that has the precision, the accuracy of exactly where where on the chest? two inches below, an inch above, where? It appears your shoulders are comfortable. You see some brothers are trying to get on their chest cavity, so they raise their shoulders up so high. That's not the intent, Yahuwah. You relax your shoulders, mashallah. Some of the sisters, 
They're built. They're built a way where they can't. Uh, so they may have to put their, their hands under. You feel a lot better ability. You put your hands here, still your chest. You feel a lot better ability. Some of the women are built a certain way. They can't. They can. They feel a lot better their ability. The Sunnah will be Ikhwan as the Hadith comes, the word chest. I will say as the Hadith. I've never learned the Hadith that the Prophet mentioned exactly where on the chest. When the companions described the Messenger of Allah, they didn't say an inch above the navel, two inches above the navel, uh, three inches above the navel, between the navel and the tadariya, uh, your chest cavity. Your chest, you put your hands on your chest to the best of your ability. If you say something exact, where are you getting that from? It appears the Prophet of Allah left that open, for example. So you're going to see some Imams, they're on their stomach here, on their navel. Ali, there's a hadith from Ali, but it's a weak narration. That they said Ali used to put his hands on his navel, but it's a weak narration. Um, at any rate, above your navel to your chest, there will be no, no problem in that. But if you're looking for exact wording, you're not going to, the hadith not mention that for some reason. There's some things in the Salah, the companions didn't narrate it. They didn't get every, they didn't mention everything. Most of those narrations, they're in the prayer themselves. That's another point. So they say chess. They weren't as detailed as like most of us. Like the question you and the person was having. Okay, where exactly? The companions, you don't find this this conversation amongst them. No the tabi'un. They didn't they didn't discuss that, for example. Uh, Sometimes they wouldn't even discuss what's the ruling on this thing. The Prophet did it. To them, that was enough. They weren't like today. It's obligatory or sunnah. They didn't have no term. Mustahab wasn't around in their time. It was a sunnah. Whether it's obligatory or not, it's a sunnah. The Prophet did it. To them, that's enough. To us, oh, there it is. You heard the brother. You don't have to do it. That's how we are. They were different. Ibn Umar, if he saw the Prophet do it, nobody's going to change him. I saw him raise his hands to his shoulders. Ibn Umar didn't raise his hands to his ears. Because that's not what he saw the Prophet do. He's not negating the Hadith al He's not negating that. I just didn't see that. He's going to do what the Prophet did. And he's going to stick with that. Almost everything. He was the most atba' sahabi. Fitiba' al-Nabi, they say out of all of the companions, Ibn Umar, he followed the Prophet the most strict. That's why some of the ahadith that describe the action of Ibn Umar, some scholars say, most likely he saw the Prophet do it. In the janazah, there's no hadith that the Messenger of Allah used to raise his hands with each takbir. You're not going to find it. That the Prophet would say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. You're not going to find a hadith. You're not going to find a hadith going back to the Prophet. Not one. They're going to find Ibn, Ibn Umar, Ibn Abbas, uh, Ali. You're not going to find. Oh, we've been here too long yet. That's our, that's our cue. You're not going to. Oh, maybe not. But at any rate, Ibn Umar used to raise his hands here. Some scholars say since Ibn Umar followed the Messenger of Allah the most, most likely he saw the Prophet do it. Yes, most likely. But you still can't say it's a hadith. You have to say most likely. You can't say since Ibn Umar did it and he followed the Prophet the most that that's a hadith of the Prophet. You can't do that. And our religion is based upon proofs. 
You can't say Ibn Umar saw because he didn't say I saw. You can't say Ibn Umar heard because he didn't say I heard. You have to say most likely yes. There's a strong possibility, probability he saw the Prophet do it. Yes. You still can't say it's more forward because he didn't say I saw. He didn't say I said. Just like the Kunu. Sometimes the the companions, they say the kunut, that they will raise their hands, some of them. You can't say the Prophet did that. So what, you do, what do you do with your hands? If you follow the sunnah, your hands are exactly where they are. You have to have proof that that's how the Prophet did it. If you're going to say, I'm going to follow this companion, no problem. No problem. He raised his hands with man used to raise his hands. No problem. I'm following with man here. No problem. But you can't say I'm following the Prophet. Me, I keep my hands on my chest. Why? Because there's no hadith that the Prophet did it. Yes, you can follow the companion. No problem. It's better that you follow the Prophet. Like the issue of the beard we mentioned the other night. Somebody has a big beard. He grabs his beard and trims what comes forth from the bottom. He can't say, he can't say the Prophet said. The Prophet said. The Prophet did. He can say Ibn Omar did. So it's the difference between this companion and the Messenger. That's what I would say. I don't know any exact narration that mentions we're exactly on the chest. Some scholars say the woman placed her hands on her stomach and the man on his chest. That's not correct. The issues of the salah are the same for the men and the women. The hadith of the Messenger and the salah are the same for the man and the woman. You guys have anything in the back? May Allah bless you all, Ikhwan. Oh, yeah, I'm going to